Thank you for being here with us this morning. Good morning. I'm Alex Durham. And I'm Carrie Gray. Some of us might be a little <laughs> extra sleepy this morning. Yeah. Maybe a few more yawns than normal because those fireworks <laughs> were popping late into the night. Hopefully it didn't bother you. It did. It bothers me too. <laughs> but you know what? We are here. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? I just walked to CVS just before the show and back, and uh, it's, it's of course, on like a really shitty, busy intersection, the nearest one to me. It's like four lanes crossing six lanes. It's a fucking shit show, and it's also rush hour, and the traffic was backed up, and I'm like, what's going on? So I get up to the intersection, and there's a minivan in the dead center of the intersection and one of its wheels is just gone. Not a flat tire. The wheels just gone. And I've seen this kind of thing before in Chicago where you'll just see an abandoned car in the middle of the road, missing a wheel and the wheels nowhere to be found. (laughs) Like there's, I don't, there's no wheel. It's not like somebody sitting by the side of the road. You get fast enough to like, like literally lose your wheel. Like in Chicago, in a city, how you get speed enough to do that. It's probably because somebody changed the fucking, the wheel, the rims or something, and they just didn't tighten the bolts down right. enough. And they gradually right. got looser and looser and they didn't know it or didn't didn't realize it. And then, you know, it fucking probably, you know, it was way down the street and they're going so fast that it came off and they skidded to a stop. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of funny because it looked like it was, you know, a vehicle in like the pit of NASCAR getting its wheels taken off and someone just like said, fuck it, and walked <laughs> off the job. Uh, NASCAR, which was in Chicago for the first time in, in its history, NASCAR had a, a, a street race. You don't usually do that. And it was a total shit show because it rained uh, like crazy this weekend over the 4th of July weekend. Sunday alone, we got nine inches of rain here in Chicago, oh. which is a record. When you think um, NASCAR, you think inner city Chicago. So, I mean, it makes sense. City, yeah. Well, the thing is, they have to put up these huge concrete barriers uh, to, you know, basically make the track. Right, right on on the streets, um, so that we you know when the cars crash, they don't go flying into the stands and kill everybody. Um, but the problem is, like, the, there's no drainage, so it was just basically made a giant fucking river <laughs> <laughs> with all the rain. So they ended up canceling all, but they had like this huge lineup of concerts that were going to go on to uh, at the same time, and like they had to cancel all of those except for the very first night. Uh, the first two days of races were all canceled. Um, the only race they did do, like they only got, they, they'd had to finish, they uh, shut it down before it was done. Um, I think almost every single car fucking crashed at, at one point or another. There was an aerial photo of like 20 cars that had crashed in each other and completely had blocked the entire track. Right. Uh, you know, it was just, it doesn't fucking belong here. It was, it was an absolute mess. I guarantee it lost money. Uh, NASCAR Twitter, which of course are all, you know, pay for blue checks. Um, we're furious and we're demanding refunds on Twitter uh, of, you know, the NASCAR account. They're like, you know, money back and all that shit. And so it just, just, just complete. It could not have been worse. I mean, God was just like, smite this fucking thing. <laughs> God has spoken. Yeah. So it, but it, it's interesting because, you know, they said that they wanted to do this. Well, Lori Lightfoot, our outgoing mayor, well, she's gone now already, uh, basically arranged this whole thing behind closed doors. No input from city council, no public hearings on it. Just just do it the Chicago way, right? Right. Um, but her, her logic was that, you know, it would get people to come to Chicago who have a negative view of Chicago and they'd see what a great place it really is, right? And they came here and they were absolutely fucking miserable, drenched. Uh, you know, the stands were half empty the entire time. You know, even when the cars were running around the fucking course, it was just absolute, an absolute fucking mess. Um 
pretty much the total opposite of Taylor Swift coming to town and filling a stadium packed to the brim with 80,000 people three days in a row. <laughs> so I just saw this that, uh, oh, the, the other headline I saw was um, that the Chicago, Chicago hotels were like desperate to try to fill up for people for NASCAR. Like they just were not selling hotel rooms. Um, whereas conversely, when Taylor Swift was in town, uh, downtown Chicago hotels were at 96.8 occupancy wow. the weekend that she was here. That's that's like it doesn't get any fuller than that. No, uh, apparently, right. apparently that was a record. Uh, and in her era's tour, that's the name of the album or thing, the tour, both. I don't know if it's the same name, whatever. Uh, her era's tour, I, I guess it's still going on. I thought Chicago was the end of it, but I'm, I was wrong about that when I said that before. Her tour is expected to generate four point seven billion dollars in u.s spending it's it's tay tay's economy and we're just living in it (laughs) (laughs) where and and they said that this this nascar was saying was expected to generate something like less than one to two million dollars for the city itself yeah it just like (laughs) and i'm sure the city sunk way more money than that into this to do it oh the fucking cops alone the ot alone i'm sure was was fucking 10 times that but yeah that's yeah there was something like 900 private security they hired Mm -hmm. i think we mentioned that last week yeah Yeah. so just just absolutely insane uh one other little quick thing here Uh, speaking of fucking fake cops um did you see the shit about uh eric adams today no what did he do today um well, like any good cop, he knows how to tamper evidence. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. he's he's had this bullshit story that you know he kept this photo of it of a, a fellow officer who was killed in the line of duty in his wallet for decades. Um, but it turns out that's a lie because it came out somebody leaked this from his office that his staff uh, basically doctored the photo. Oh. They, print, they they found a photo on Google, printed it off, and spilled coffee on it on purpose to make it look old. Oh, okay. That's and, that's and presented it to the media, and the media is like, "Why did you lie?" So, <laughs> questions were directed to his his media handler, media press person, uh, Fabian Levy. Um, and this is the funniest part: is that you know, if if they were smart about this lie, they would have said, "Well, he used to have the photo for decades, but because it was in his wallet for so long." It, it just, just, you know, disintegrated over time. So we made another one, you know, for, for, right. for press purposes. But they didn't do that. They decided to try to doctor it to make it look like it was the actual photo. And it got caught in that lie. So they couldn't get their way out of that lie. So this this guy, Mr. Levy, press guy, criticized the New York Times for what he characterized as a campaign to paint the mayor as a liar. <laughs> Gee, I wonder. I wonder why somebody would try to do that. I can't imagine why somebody would try to do that. Yeah. So this is this is like the hallmark of a of a bad liar is when they don't think of a clever lie that would have explained it ahead of time, and then they just get defensive and hostile. So he continued here. The Times' efforts to attack the mayor here would be laughable if they weren't so utterly offensive. (laughs) I mean, I agree. It would be laughable if it wasn't so utterly offensive. But it's not the Times that's doing the offensive thing. It's the fucking mayor doing the offensive thing. Right. After releasing the statement, Mr. Levy ignored repeated requests to elaborate on the authenticity of the photo. He also did not respond to questions about whether the photo was made to look old, in part by staining it with coffee. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you ask that question? No more for questions. (laughs) Right. Just just fucking. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a fucking clown. I mean, just 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 one of the I I, I mean, I, I. New Yorkers never ceased. New York Democrats, especially, never cease to amaze me with how low their standards are. But this has got to be like, this guy makes Cuomo look like a competent politician. Like it's it's really scary the level yeah. of you know right winger that they'll accept in the New York State Democratic Party as like. The I mean, he, candidate. he's he's repeatedly lied about what properties he owns, which is public record. Which like, do, do you not realize people can just look that shit up? Like oh, that. <laughs> the, the, well, that was the best thing in the world during the campaign when he when he pretended that he fucking lived in um lived in New York when cl- like clearly he lived in New Jersey and he was using his son's fucking like bachelor pad as like his his quote unquote <laughs> apartment and there were like fucking you know like a bunch of sneakers in the corner that like he would never be caught fucking dead wearing <laughs> like you're like yeah clearly this is your apartment dude like like right. who the fuck you think you're fooling but yeah he's a fucking clown. Absolute yeah. clown, piece of shit, mayor. Um, totally hilarious. Well, speaking hilarious. of pieces of shit, uh, we had some stuff about Ron DeSantis and his hilarious fucking bid for the presidency. I mean, oh, not God, not not since so Jeb funny. Bush have we seen such a 
just a, a you know doom from the start hilarious you know hilarious uh train wreck of a campaign unfolding like we're seeing now so yeah um nobody likes this guy I, I i still am amazed like what it took to get him to run like there's got to be some dark shit that he does not want coming out that he's going through this because he knows he knows yeah. he's fucked he knows he doesn't have a chance in hell he knows that nobody likes him so this was let's see here I don't know where this came from originally, but the headline is DeSantis is July 4th soaking wet and sagging in the polls. <laughs> <laughs> so this is he, apparently he was in New Hampshire on the 4th of July and was in two different parades and uh, got got soaking wet, drenched him. I guess everybody else did, but it's it's a metaphor, right? Yeah. So the 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 uh, byline here is the governor's New Hampshire trip comes days after his campaign tweeted a video criticized as both homophobic and also very gay. <laughs> so I, uh, and I watched the video and it was fucking hilarious. Um, it, it, like I thought it was like, I thought it was parody. I thought this was like a parody of what right wingers think about themselves. Cause it, mm-hmm. it like featured all these little clips from like the most alpha male, like deliberately written as alpha male characters to describe like what not to be like, like Patrick Bateman from American psycho. Right. Uh, and, fucking uh tommy shelby from peaky blinders <laughs> who eventually redeems himself in the last season but you know for the most part he's a fucking psychopath in that in that show um and <laughs> fucking so the the peaky blinders put out a press statement about it <laughs> it says on behalf of the partners of peaky blinders Stephen knight cillian murphy karen uh mandeback uh productions tiger aspects uh productions and Benjay writes, uh, Banerjee, Banerjee writes, I don't know, a publishing company. Um, we confirmed the footage of Tommy Shelby's character used within the video posted by Ron DeSantis's campaign was obtained without permission or official license. We do not support nor endorse the video's narrative and strongly disapprove of the use of the content in this manner. So they <laughs> came right out and we're just like, not only is, did you not have the, the legal right to do that, but we completely de- disagree with your fucking whole campaign. <laughs> Joining a long list of fucking Republicans who, you know, in, in American like political history who have used songs or movie clips or some other pop culture uh, in their campaign advertisements or their fucking campaign rallies, uh, only to be completely, you know, told that you're like an uncool fucking douchebag by the people no, that you're using. To, it's like without fail, you should just know that that's happening if you're a conservative using any type of art whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not thoughtful people. Obviously, they're no, not, not no. introspective. But but again, it's it's conservatives identifying with the villain. Again. <laughs> right, right. Of course, always. Yeah. So just a couple quotes here from the actual article. Um, <laughs> so he went there and. Uh, they they interviewed a bunch of actual Republicans in New Hampshire, and they 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 don't seem to like him very much. Um, <laughs> so since announcing his candidacy in May, DeSantis's poll numbers in New Hampshire have dropped by almost ten points. <laughs> so he was <laughs> he was doing better in New Hampshire before he was running. <laughs> right in the most recent poll of the New Hampshire voters conducted by Saint. Anselm College, 19% of voters said they would support him. Meanwhile, Trump has gained five points in the same time frame, now sitting close to a majority with 47%. Um, so here's some quotes from the people who were at the at the parade. I think it's the most divisive thing. Uh, sorry, I think it's the most divisive thing that can possibly be going on in this country, said uh, Qualusia, a Republican. Everything's divided and we're talking about issues that don't matter, that shouldn't matter, referring to DeSantis and his homophobia we should be caring more about crime and the environment things like that not what people decide to do uh so yeah it's a weird it's you know there are conservatives that care about the environment but of course they're still like you know focused on like crime right Um, right that's so you know cindy white cindy spelt with two y's (laughs) cindy white of durham north uh new hampshire sorry uh, said she would hold the Santos's positions on LGBTQ issues against him, quote, because I don't agree with it. So, again, it's a conservative voter right. saying this. Uh, and the last one here. Oh, no, this is still from her. Um, quote, we're a live free or die state, she said. If I want to be gay, lesbian, transgender, if I if I want to live and die, that is my choice, not yours to decide for me. With our state, I think it would be a huge issue. So yeah, like basic. This is like the the right wing 
pro gay mentality is like personal liberty. <laughs> what if I decide that I want to be? Yeah, like it's just you know, it, it's funny too because I, I I think they don't realize like you know cons- we've talked a lot about how to conservatives like culture war issues never die for them. They right. always just sort of gesticulate and come back. Um, I mean, I think in the in this case, uh, DeSantis because of the fact that he is like a legitimate bigot kind of overplays his hand. I think most of the smarter conservatives know that to go after the trans stuff specifically, because you can even find a bunch of shitty fucking like gay and lesbian people who are in like the sort of trans exclusionary group. Like it's an easier, Oh yeah. Like uh, it's an easier pivot. Yeah. It's an easier pivot to be like, well, you know, no, I, I'm not a homophobe at all. I have no problem with this, but this is not the same as this. And look at these other, you know, gay, lesbian people who agree with me. And it's an easier pivot to pretend you're not a bigot. So that, right, but, but right. yeah, he's too stupid to realize that the, the people that are like Stonewall was a peaceful protest, right? <laughs> Those people, right, right, yeah. or like the people that say like the civil rights movement was a peaceful, you know, peaceful movement, and that's why oh, it was God. successful. Speaking of pivoting, sounds like we're going to talk about <laughs> the young turfs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, this fucking shit show, man! I can't believe that at some point this was like in a. I mean, they. To be fair, they were never this bad, but they were also never that good. But uh, you know, it the 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 amount of just just complete fucking hard right pivots that they've made, and like you know, true reveals of who they really are that they've done in the last like couple of years since their audience fell off a cliff is uh, it's pretty astounding. So I mean. You know, we I think we played even a couple weeks ago some of Anna's uh, like really transphobic things that she was saying. I mean, she's, you know, been getting hammered on Twitter for like weeks now about this and, you know, constantly fighting back. I mean, earlier, uh, what is it? Oh, yesterday, actually, she tweeted and, and almost immediately deleted one of the stupidest uh, tweets I've ever seen. Um but she, uh, yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll read it. Uh, the civil rights movement did not use the same strategies as the trans movement. They didn't barricade speakers they disagreed with in a classroom for three hours. Famously, never anyone barricaded during the civil rights protests. Um, they, they pers- <laughs> I don't even know what she's referring to, but somebody like referenced what it was. And it was like a bunch of fucking transphobic bigots that were having a conference or lecture or whatever and people were protesting outside and they said they were afraid to leave mm. uh, i don't know about you but those are the kind of people that's who the, should be made to be afraid yeah and that's that's obviously textbook de- definition of barricading is like you're free to go but i'm too scared to go out and face the people that i'm spewing you know that yeah, the people that i say don't about. exist right the, the people um, whose rights in existence i want to exterminate they I, I, they persuaded through nonviolence and showing America their humanity. So just d- the definition of fucking Malcolm X's white moderate that he was, you know, it, it, it's just, or I'm sorry, MLK's white. Like, it, it's just the fucking definition of the, you know, white moderate who who doesn't want to uh, rock the boat too much because of their comfort and their um, stability. So they want to pretend that they actually are a good person while really anything that makes them even slightly uncomfortable uh, can immediately be, you know, sort of shuff- shunted off to the side and ignored and th- thought of as extremism. Yeah. Oh, there, so she was, I don't know who this guy was. It was, or, uh, who was this podcast? Such it, it's some guy? like center right podcast. Like she's, she's going on the people who will actually talk to her. Right. Um, right. So one of the things she said was that, um, if she was in Kyle Rittenhouse shoes, she would have done the same thing because we know how scared she is of like just, you know, being around people. Yeah. Right. She's constantly Black talking people. about I how mean, it's, she, it's, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. Right. <laughs> she, she said she's not comfortable with people of different races because they call her racist. It's like if, if they're telling you that, then you're and you're looking outward instead of inward. You know, it's it's it's, it's a fucking principal Skinner meme. Like, is it? Is it me that's wrong? No, it's the children. Like it's like <laughs> well, how many people have to say it before you have some degree of shame and start to look inward at what the real problem is here. Yeah. Um, so she also apparently I don't know who this person is, but she also thinks Jesse Singal, who portrays gender affirming care as a worsening mental illness, is not a transphobe and informs her views on trans issues because of what he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
uh, we actually have a clip of her here uh, defending um, defending herself, basically. But defending herself, but just listen to how she frames it because she's got to congratulate herself. Yep. With with by you know putting a shield up of what some third party person said uh, to deflect these criticisms. And and by the way, this the context for this. Um, I believe this was right after one of the only trans employees at TYT. Uh, pu- like pretty publicly quit the company. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that that person knows uh, who Jenk and Anna are even more so than we do. So I, I have to imagine it wasn't a decision that was taken or that was made hastily. I'm sure there was, you know, yeah, <laughs> that was just like, all right, well, this is the last fucking straw. Like I knew, I knew they were like this, but to publicly, you know, do this. So yeah, here's Anna's uh, defense of herself. I got a lot of comments to read, but I'm going to focus on one from Greasy. I appreciate all you've done to fight against racism and sticking up for marginalized groups like the one I'm part of, DACA. Don't let these Twitter fools get to your head, Anna, who say you're now racist. So I want to address that. So during an interview over the weekend, I mentioned how I think the discourse that the country is currently engaged in in regard to race relations has actually led to more racial division. When We've had now three years straight of just brazen white people this, all white people that, Karen this, Karen that. (laughs) It makes some people, including myself, a little hesitant to talk to individuals using statements like that on a regular basis. I should have been clear in mentioning a specific subgroup who think it's totally fine to say stuff like that. That is who I'm referring to. And I think, you know, doesn't take a professional, Mm. doesn't take a tenured psychologist to understand why people would feel hesitant to engage in conversations, open dialogue, when they're constantly reading day in and day out that just the very nature of them being white means that they're racist or hateful or promote white supremacy. And I would just venture to say that maybe we need to be a little more careful in throwing that word around, racist, because when you accuse people who aren't racist of being racist, the word loses all meaning. I'm now super hesitant to believe accusations of racism toward people until I've done a full look at the story and investigation myself because it's now used to label anyone who says anything that is considered out of line. Now, if you watch that interview and you decide that you I I was out of line, that you didn't like what I had to say and you no longer want to support the show, that is totally your right. But I'm always going to speak my mind. I'm always going to say what I actually believe. And I do think that the whole Karen narrative, which I did a long segment about just a few weeks ago, has been super toxic. And I think just assuming that people, based on the color of their skin, want to uphold white supremacy in America is just flat out wrong, period. That's what I think. So I wanted to address that. And I just wanted to say thank you to Greasy for the comment. I mean, it's just (laughs) circles circles back to the compliment. I I mean, that that is just indistinguishable from like Ben Shapiro at this point. Like, I I genuinely don't even know how she can fucking live with her discourse, the discourse, the discourse. Literally, it's 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 indistinguishable. It's it's, the fucking female Ben Shapiro. But um, yeah, I mean, when she started bleaching her hair. You could kind of tell where this was going. Yeah, right? no, it's just, it, we're we're all the way there. It was the Gina Nez, you know, like the the, the the that was like she went and she went into the fucking salon with the picture of of you know uh, would be Cooer in Bolivia, Gina, you know Inez or whatever her name was, and was like, just give me this exact look, just bleach bleach my hair until it seeps into my fucking brain, and then that's basically where we're right. at now. Um, so she doesn't like getting called racist because that's toxic. Right, but she's yeah. not willing to look at all the the foundational structural ways in which being white has benefited her. Right, if you're a white person in a white supremacist society, you're racist. You just don't realize it. You don't realize all the ways that y- you have been lifted up, and and you know other people have been pressed down in that system. And you can go through the you know just list after list after list. Scholars have been doing this for decades, like compiling lists of all the things that like. I guarantee if she read it, she's never thought of these things. Nope. Because when I read it, half of them were things that I never had thought of. Right. You know, and it's like there's there's you know, you've got people that are like, well, I'm not racist. It's just that, you know, and it's like they, they just have this schism in their head where they 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 can't handle being called that. They can't handle the idea that they actually are racist in some ways. And, and then there's the other people that are like, OK, yeah, I recognize this shit. I, I see it. You know, I'm not obsessed with it or anything, but I, you know, I recognize these things. I recognize how they've benefited me and what kind of things should we do to undo that white supremacy or what can I do, you know, with my own thinking, my own mentality to, to try to undo that. And to a degree you can 
change some things, you know, especially with your personal interactions with people. Right. Uh, clearly, she's not capable of doing that. Right. Um, but, you know, it's well, one of the, one of the big things that we tried to do as a country to offset white supremacy was something called affirmative action, which the Supreme Court just got rid of. And Jenk Unger of the Young Turfs thinks is that's a good idea to get rid of affirmative action. He had a tweet last week. I think Supreme Court got the affirmative action case right. I'm sick of the stereotypes that attach to all minorities because of this policy. He doesn't even say racial minorities. He just says the word minorities, right? So still, he, he's, he's still a fucking Republican, I swear. It was necessary in the beginning, but it has become counterproductive. But I also think legacy admissions, which are more unfair, must also be banned too. So, okay, like the, the affirmative action was to counter the legacy admissions. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he got just, you know, he got dozens and dozens of paid blue checks replying to him saying, I finally agree with Jan Unger. I finally agree with him. Like he's finally found his real base of, of supporters for the young Turks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is, this is just, it's, it's where he started out as politically. And then he said, well, then I went to the middle and now I'm going back to the right. Um, so we had a, a, another clip here from somebody who is a, a lawyer and does videos on TikTok explaining the purpose of affirmative action and explains some things that I'm pretty sure Jenk Unger would disagree with. Yep. Uh, so let's play that. The Supreme Court has ruled that affirmative action is a violation of the 14th Amendment and therefore unconstitutional. The majority opinion was penned by Justice Roberts and it goes through the judicial history of striking down race-based state actions. Starting with Brown versus Board of Education, which declared that the right to a public education must be made available to all on equal terms. And then they discussed ending segregation and busing, bathhouses, public beaches, golf courses, neighborhoods, and then marriage in Loving versus Virginia. Because as the court said in this opinion, the 14th Amendment proscribes all invidious racial discriminations. Invidious. Meaning unfair, unjust, unpleasant. And then the court said that any race-based decisions must survive strict scrutiny, meaning that the government has a compelling interest and then the action is narrowly tailored to achieve that interest. In plain language, what the Supreme Court said is that being intentional about achieving diversity in our colleges and universities is offensive. Let me get more concrete than that. A medical school trying to ensure that more black doctors graduate, especially in the wake of high rates of black maternal and infant mortality, high rates of racist healthcare practices. They said that is as bad as not letting black people ride the same buses as white people. The Supreme Court has said that getting more black and brown teachers, lawyers, and psychologists in those fields is as bad as banning interracial marriage. They have compared getting minorities into college at higher rates, but still lower rates than white legacies, to segregation. They have said that the government does not have a compelling enough interest to right decades of wrongs by giving minority students a nudge in the lobby when everybody else is already at the penthouse. As a matter of fact, this opinion stressed that no matter how compelling affirmative action might be, it's dangerous. They used that word, dangerous, to describe ensuring that minorities are educated. The court said that 20 years later, no end of affirmative action is in sight, but rather than acknowledge that as an indication of the long road ahead to undo decades of racial injustice, the court determined that affirmative action is invidious. I'm a black lawyer. Fewer than 5% of lawyers in this country are black. White men are overwhelmingly represented as the people who make the laws that govern your rights, your liberty, your lives. And white women, I want you to pay attention because you were actually the group most benefited by affirmative action. Last year, they took away your right to bodily autonomy too. You're affected too. And these white male lawmakers want you to be as uneducated, barefoot, and pregnant as the black and brown women next to you. Lack of diversity hurts all of us. And the Supreme Court's decision today will only hurt us more. Well, yeah. Yeah. Can't say it better than that. Um, yeah. Jank Unger just staring there, slack jawed. <laughs> no, no logical, uh, you know, retort to that, I'm sure. If, if the discourse, the discourse. Yeah. Just what a fucking. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was, it's such a, like, a cliche thing back in the Occupy days when people started trying to, like, you know, tone police and discourse police. It's like, Clearly, there was there was things they didn't want to change, <laughs> right? No, that's... you know, in, in that, and you see that we'd see that a lot with like professional organizers. You know, the the people that always wanted to be on the bullhorn to you know tone to, tame things down and make sure that you know you know that the protests they organized didn't turn you know rowdy or violent. And like, and you would find out eventually, all these people 
worked for the city in some capacity, worked for some organization that was getting money through the chamber of commerce or something right. like that. Like it was always, just, you know, the, the, the pro the, the, we called them the peace police, right? Because they were, they were, they were the ones <laughs> like who were that. pretending to be on our side, but really worked for the interest of the city. Right. Right. So, yeah. and, and it was all that kind of stuff too. It was like, you know, there was, well, we don't, we don't want to say housing justice. That sounds too divisive. So what if we, you know, talked about housing uh, equality instead? Like just, just that kind of shit. I could not fucking stand. <laughs> so I actually want to read out uh, somebody yeah. posted this uh, on Twitter. It's a, it's a quote by Kwame, Ter- Kwame Ture. Uh, and it, it, it perfectly, it's a perfect summation of, of who Anna and Jank are. Um, all right. So let's see. It's a, uh, the liberal is so preoccupied with stopping confrontation that he usually finds himself defending and calling for uh, law and order, the law and order of the oppressor. Confrontation would disrupt the smooth functioning of the society, and so the politics of, liber- of the liberal leads him into a position where he finds himself politically aligned with the oppressor rather than with the oppressed. Uh, the reason the liberal seeks to stop confrontation, and this is the second pitfall of liberalism, is that his role, regardless of what he says, is really to maintain the status quo rather than change it. Uh, he enjoys uh, the economic stability from the status quo, and if he fights for a change, he is risking his economic stability. What the liberal is really saying is that he hopes to bring about justice and economic stability for everyone through reform, that somehow society will be able to keep expanding without redistributing the wealth. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, that's 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 Jenk Unger and Anna's, you know, mentality in a nutshell, and and most fucking Democratic Party voters, like, they would love to see things better, but not if it inconveniences them, it inconveniences them in the slightest way. And it, it, none of this shit would inconvenience them. It's just the idea of it bothers them. The idea that people would go out and, you know, burn down a police station. You know that they would smash the windows of a bank. Like that's that's scary to them, not because they they're, they're the bank, but because they 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 think that that somebody might do that to them. And I guarantee no one's going to their houses. No right. one gives a shit, right? Anna keeps ta- constantly talking about how she had to buy her home through an LLC to maintain, you know, anonymity, so she wouldn't get doxxed or whatever. Like nobody fucking ca- nobody thinks that you're a threat to anything. That they would come after you, <laughs> yeah. No. You know, unless it was like a personal stalker, I understand that. But like, your politics are not so edgy that anyone thinks you're gonna, you know. Uh, I had, a, I had a, uh, j- just like the, just the wimpiness of it too. Like, where, what, how do you think anything fucking changed in this country? Do do you think that people going on strike achieved anything? If there wasn't a, a, a you know, violence involved in those strikes, right? Or at like least the threat what, of it the the fucking haymarket massacre like that you know i so in san francisco there's completely autonomous cabs there you can take like there's no driver it's not like you're in the car and it has a self-driving mode the car is just completely driving around by itself terrifying you know about these right i i've seen videos i didn't realize that that's something that's like already happening right or like rolled out to uh, to on a commercial level which is fucking horrifying Um, like who approved that who let that happen nobody because there's no regulation about what you can put on the street and so but they're they're fucking dumb as shit like they'll just stop for no reason and then like the next one behind it stops and then they just get stuck there and like the police don't want the there was a video of like the police don't know what to fucking do because there's no like how do they like, <laughs> just what, blow it up just do what they usually do just shoot at it until it's like how, can, how can i pull away. it over if there's no driver you know right. like so, but it, you, it's so easy to fuck with them because they're, they're idiot computers. Like they're really, really dumb. They have, right. they have to go very, very slow. They can only operate in like a very, like a tight closed area. Um, but it turns that people have been going out at night and just taking like road cones and putting them on the hoods of these things. <laughs> and it, it like, they, they can't figure out what to fucking do. So they just stop and like shut off basically. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I love the, that's one of the things I love about the West coast is you, there's way more people on the West coast willing to just like break the fucking rules to make streets safe. Right. Um, well, I, I mean, and you think about the level of technology, like how not there we are with that sort of technology. Like I have a somewhat newer car and it has that like lane departure warning where like, you know, if you're if you're like on the the white line or whatever, it'll sort of like not jerk your wheel, but like sort of jerk your wheel a little bit to be like, hey, you know, <laughs> just give you a little nudge. In the right well, direction. It, well, I, and it, and the idea is like if you're falling asleep at the wheel and the car thinks you're starting to veer off the road, it's giving you a little nudge to wake you up. It's a good safety, like it's a good invention, but 
Sure. It's very... Um, I mean, we in in the Midwest, we just have rumble strips on the side of the highway. Well, it's so the same you, idea, yeah. But then, yeah. you know, sometimes you run to a road, like a, a residential road where they don't have those or something like that. But um, but it, that's, it's, that's it, usually where I'm falling asleep is right at the very beginning or end of my my journey. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but... Oh, but yeah. no, but like it's so it... Uh, what was I going to say? But it's super buggy. Like I was driving home on a road that like you know when like you drive on a road that like they i don't know if it's just pit where there's just like those black lines like zigzagging all over the road where they're like fixing you know cracks or whatever yeah it's like the tar they use to fill the cracks so that they don't have to repave it right when it's like zigzaggy all over the road and it kept Uh thinking that those were lines and it was like (laughs) it was like like it was like kept trying to like get me to like turn left and right i'm like stop like what the and you have trying to to kill you it was trying to kill you basically and yeah. you're like, and I'm thinking like, so a self-driving car, you have literally no control over that. It would just be, you know, going left, right, left, right. Like it, it would just be fucking psych. And that's the level of sophistication we're at with these highly advanced, you know, compared to where they were computers that they can't even, you know, discern basic road conditions. And no. we're letting these no. things roam around freely on the streets with nobody behind the wheel. You, nobody you to remember slam that on the video? brakes. Um, there was a guy with a self driving car or assist. Um, and I think it was in Southeast Asia somewhere. And the car just accelerated to 90 miles an hour on, on like a fucking residential street mm-hmm. and the brakes didn't work. And it just like almost killed. He, I mean, I he hit several people, but I think nobody actually died. Um, yeah. And then the manufacturer was like, Oh, we didn't register any, any, uh, log of the car, uh, reacting that way. So, um, <laughs> we, we think it was driver error. Like, yeah, the, the guy deliberately just slammed on the gas and uh, forgot how to work the brakes okay. and uh, almost died on purpose. Right. Um, so, yeah. So somebody was posting photos of all these fucking uh, dummy cars with uh, road cones on their hoods just stopped in the middle of the street because they don't know what to do if you fucking just put one, put a thing on it. And uh, it got a bunch of likes. And then somebody replied to it. This is not the way. <laughs> and I was like, what? And. I, I said, yes, it is. Be quiet. <laughs> and that got a bunch of likes. And then this person replied, you know, that I, I'm not a supporter of these cars, but doing this will just make enemies. I, I'm like, there's nobody in the car. What are you talking about? But I was just like, look, you already have the enemies. You either fight them or you fail. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, the, 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 the fallacy that anyone has that like, you know, that, that things, things can improve in society without having to actually fight for it has always been, no. you know, it, it's or, just... or the idea that you make progress by winning over your, your enemies to your side. That's not how it works. You, you're not going to get that. You're going to win, win over people that don't know anything about the issue. And once they learn about it, they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. The people that are already opposed to you, you're never going to win over. And that is always this fucking bullshit West Wing Democrat notion, you know, that like, well, if we just, you know, if we're just nice to the our, our enemies, they'll respect us finally. Right. You know, and it's it's just literally Lucy and, and Charlie Brown in the fucking football every time. Yeah. You know, yeah. but they know that like there's people they are smart enough to know this. Right. This is the stuff they tell us to keep the left in line. Right. They are there to keep the status quo, not fight for anything, not change anything for the better. Um, I actually had something funny I wanted to read here. Uh, This is a totally real thing I'm going to read. Right. It's not made up at all. June. uh, I'm sorry. June 30, 2023. Statement from President Joe Biden on student loan relief. This is this is from the White House briefing room. Statements and releases. Joe Biden, I assume someone else wrote it for him, but it's written as though it is Joe Biden. Okay, so this is this is what Joe Biden has to say. While I am disheartened by the Supreme Court's decision depriving Americans of much needed student loan relief, my administration will be pivoting to a new strategy, getting hit by a university bus. Everyone knows if you get hit by a university bus, your college is free. Getting hit by a university bus is now the only clear, straightforward path to relief for many burdened by loans. We will work with students to address various strategies for getting hit by a bus, which routes are best, ways to to hide so the driver doesn't see you, (laughs) and ways to minimize damage to internal organs. Hope is on the way. (laughs) 
I don't know where that came from. I just saw it. I was like, I'll be Someone's got to feed it that into one of the, the AI <laughs> voice things. <laughs> the, the Biden AI voice fucking. Seriously, the, the fucking, there's like, I've been watching videos on YouTube where I can't tell if it's an AI voice or not anymore. Or, is no. a per, or if it's just a person reading like a, a news script in just like a really monotone way. Yeah, it's getting it's getting way too good too fast. I'm I'm very concerned long term about what this means uh, for Seriously. society in general and just well, propaganda. And, and and, you could have like a you know generic YouTube news video and that, that's being read by an AI that was also written by an AI. Yep. Right. Like, and I was I was watching one today about the Ocean Gate Titan sub, and it 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 clearly was written by an AI and being spoke by an AI. But it was like it was clearly um, programmed by somebody in Japan because it sounded like really bad anime dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. I, I wish I had a clip of it to play, but it was I was just like the word choices are very specific to a certain region here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely definitely AI on AI action. <laughs> um so uh, yeah, speaking of Biden, we had a couple other things we want to touch on. Yeah, um, we we, Biden sh- we here. should get on this the, on on this this Elliot Abrams thing because it's 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 yeah. among the grossest things he's done. You know, it's up. Mm-hmm. to, I mean, people kind of it flew under the radar him like you know trying like hell to find a fucking pos- like a position for near a tandem and he eventually just put her in an appointed position. But this this is even fucking like magnitudes worse than that. Uh, Elliot Abrams, who we've talked about on this show before. Just, just a monster of all monsters. One of the worst people in American history, in, in American political history. Um, what did he do? Famously, uh, <laughs> what's his, uh, what's her name? Uh, told him off in 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 one of his uh, Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar told him off in in his one. What was that? Trump tried to appoint him for. Um, what was he trying to appoint him to? That that he was having confirmation hearing. Uh, d- 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 uh 2018 Department? house foreign affairs committee oh right okay well, yeah but so- actually no so the the foreign affairs committee was who had to appoint him or approve him or whatever i don't know the position he was what it was for though who knows right but what you know some just Doesn't some matter. another thank you position for being one of the history's biggest goals but he's been a uh a conservative you know foreign policy advisor to every shitty right-wing president of the last 30 years reagan uh, Bush, I think the two Bushes, uh, certainly, certainly W. Yeah, you know, well, Trump. it was George H.W. Bush who pardoned him after he was convicted of being involved in Iran-Contra. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, and and just you know, w- one of the one of the worst kind of human rights abusers that are that are still kicking around in the in the political uh, sphere. Uh, and and Biden decided today to appoint him to uh, another just foreign policy council, basically some. You know, bar- bullshit bipartisan foreign Dipl- policy diplomacy council. Yeah. So okay. So I have it here. Um, so Elliot Abrams, who uh, has served in three Republican administrations, most recently acted as the Trump administration's special envoy to Iran and Venezuela, <laughs> <laughs> specifically to support getting rid of Nicolas Maduro. Yeah. That, that's how much we care about diplomacy and democracy. Is how can how can I be the envoy that makes sure the coup happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's you know just just completely atrocious, and uh, I expect no less of Biden, but it's still pretty fucking ballsy that he thinks that this is just going to go through. Kind of. I mean, there is no liberal outrage over this stuff, right? I mean, at this liberals point, don't he, care. He realizes he's won that sort of you know. That with that detente, he's sort of gotten them to completely back off. Yeah, that you know the, the 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 nobody was outraged about anything else I did. Why would they be outraged about me appointing a fucking mass murdering convicted felon? No, I mean like the five thousand leftists on Twitter will, will yell and scream about it, and he'll just you know laugh and fucking you know eat another ice cream cone and go on to do more horrible shit. But uh, there's no consequences whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and this is why, I, like, honestly, I've checked out of this shit because, like, who even gives a fuck anymore? It's like there's nothing you can. It, it, it should. It, it's the it's the train meme. You can only watch, like, you know, the, the the meme of the the train car like running over the bodies, but there's the no, trolley, yeah, the trolley, yeah, and there's no uh, there's no switch, so it's like you can only watch. Like that's what that's just what our entire society yeah. is at this point. Yeah. Um, so so his his big thing was, um, I mean, it was 
it was um, defending the the right wing death squads because that was you know it was it wasn't just we were selling weapons illegally to Iran. We were then taking that money and funding right wing death squads to go kill nuns and labor leaders, right, and socialists in Latin America. And he was defending that, but also downplaying it. It's like, well, that, that's that's terrible, but also it wasn't happening that much. But also, I support it when it did happen, right? Which is right. just such a weird, like, <laughs> right? Contra, totally. Contra is one of the literally just the boat, the the worst terroristic right wing organizations in in modern you know world history. Um, yeah, and that's why he didn't. And and then actually is kind of uh, ringing bells now. That's why he didn't serve under George H W Bush because he was there was too much heat on him at that point. But Bush did pardon yeah. him and you know let him. Let him sort of lay low until he was able to to make his comeback uh, under under Junior. Fucking. Yeah, I have a um, a couple. Uh, well, just really one paragraph here, but I just you know th- this. He's well regarded amongst these people, right? He's 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 a team player, he's a lifer. This is from uh, New York Mag Intelligencer in an interview with Isaac Chotiner, uh, Chotiner. Not sure how to say that name. Sure. Uh, in the New Yorker, uh, Never Trump neoconservative Max Boot called abrams his colleague at the council on foreign relations quote basically a good person <laughs> like, eh, see, he's, eh, he's kind of basically, basically a good, a good person. person see he can't even that's how much of a fucking ghoul elliot abrams is that max boot one of the biggest fucking ghouls in in you know american politics today it's like yeah he's basically a good person he couldn't even be fucking you know not, not even like not fundamentally compliment. a good person <laughs> right just just I mean, which is backhanded age, enough as it is, but yeah, that's even right. worse. Just on a basic level, he's a good person. <laughs> which I mean, I haven't personally witnessed him kill a puppy, but yeah, sure uh, he, he does, added but that, right. Yeah, uh, he added that he is quote somebody who I don't see as being terribly ideological. <laughs> just to yeah, what was McNamara the tactician? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not ideological. He just tried to figure out how to most efficiently murder five million Vietnamese people. Yep. Um, asked about Abrams' support for Rios Mont Boot, I forget who that person is. Some some other like like right wing dictator. Yep. Uh, Boot offered the typical excuses. The Reagan administration made human rights compromises, just like all of its predecessors and successors. He said, <laughs> "Human rights compromises. That's a really funny term. It's a really funny way to uh, label right wing death squads. <laughs> what were they making compromises for?" Oh, c- capitalism? Was that was it for money? Was that what it was? We wanted to control the fucking lithium mines, so we made some human rights compromises. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, he actually uh, actually did more to promote human rights and made human rights more of a central part of its foreign policy than most U.S. administrations of the last hundred years. That's not saying something good. <laughs> That's not a high bar. <laughs> It, they can't even like like they're trying desperately to compliment him and they just can't fucking it, it, it's kind of amazing like the how fucking odious he is as a as a human and as a politician that like, there's like if you, no if you think what we did in venezuela was bad or guatemala back in the 80s you should see what we did in the philippines back in 1900 holy shit we've slaughtered <laughs> tens of thousands of civilians man jesus christ oh god i wish we could go back to those days i'm max yeah. boot <laughs> right <laughs> Oh, fucking atrocious. So, yeah, there'll be no consequences for Biden. He's just going to do this and, you know, nobody's going to even fucking ask him about it in a presser, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, that's great. And none of the and this is a great thing. None of the fucking Democrats, who the so-called progressives in Congress are going to fucking say anything about it. You know, I, I'm sure, you know, or they'll they'll tweet something passive aggressive, but I'm sure they would never actually do anything of substance to fight back against this or to try to you know, publicly shame Biden because, oh, well, you know, we're getting towards election season and you don't want to be, uh, you know, the party's got to be unified. So that's why he makes all the horrible decisions <laughs> yep. like this around this time for that reason. It's that special time of year. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure if it ever did get brought up, you know, on MSNBC, CNN, whatever, they would have one of their former CIA directors turned uh, yeah, segment would be correspondent there. would come on to talk about, you know, why. Um, you know, well, yes, this was this was a dark time, but uh, actually, he's you know the experience he has with the international community is you know just they'll bring out one of their fucking. He's really mellowed out speak. since then. He's a great guy, you know. Like, just give him a chance. Like, don't. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 what they're there for. Yep. So you know, we we should close on a on a happy note. Um, 
<laughs> and talk uh, about our, our favorite thing, which is this the, the the story that keeps on the gift that keeps on giving, which is the, the oh, the it's, a, it's Titan everybody. Submarine. This touches so many like niche corners of YouTube. Like <laughs> I've been I've been watching like shipping YouTube. I've been watching lawyer YouTube. Uh, I've been watching uh, o- like classic British ocean liner YouTube. Like everybody's <laughs> in on this fucking uh, Ocean Gate bullshit. Right. It touches so many corners. Um, so we we sort of hypothesized earlier that you know that the liability waivers um, that the people were signing, which you know said this is an experimental craft, you could die, um, were not going to mean shit because the people who were signing those waivers were being deliberately deceived. Yeah, about the safety of this fucking submersible, um, and they you know they, they they were you know adamant about the fact that they had partnered partnered that was the word they use with boeing and nasa on the design of this sub hmm. boeing and nasa put out statements saying uh we did not partner with them we had a we had a consulting meeting and it was for a completely different sub it was not for this sub <laughs> so they have another they have another sub that, go, that, that we actually had a, a steel hull but even that could only go to 500 feet i believe for 500 meters one of the two. Oh. So they were telling people they had consulted with NASA and Boeing or partnered with NASA and Boeing, not even consulted, but telling them they partnered with them for this experimental carbon fiber haul. Um, the the guy they fired, we mentioned, their, their safety expert uh, who was told, you know, there's no way to test this material once we've made it. But we have these alarms in the hall that'll, you know, listen for the sound of the carbon fiber tearing. Oh, uh, before you know, we die. Um, <laughs> before we almost immediately the, the, fucking so, implode. So that guy was trying to figure out ways to test it while it was you know not in the water, and apparently it was already starting to delaminate. You know, because oh, it's, it's it, he, he was able to like shine light through it, right? And so, I mean, the reason why this guy thought he could use carbon fiber is because he had built experimental airplanes, right? And carbon fiber, it's you know, it's it's woven together. Right. It's not a single surface. It's like all these little strands. It's why it's, it's carbon and they're fibers. Right. And it's great for aircraft because there's not a huge, huge difference in pressure inside versus outside an aircraft to where there is on the, on the bottom of the ocean. But if you think about it as like a rope, right, when you have a rope and you pull it tight, it gets stronger because you're, you're exerting force in, you know, the, the, the direction it's designed to be strong. But if you grab the rope and you, and you, push it together the fibers of the rope start to separate you see hmm. and that's the way the carbon fiber is supposed to work when you have it as the hull of an airplane the pressure inside is greater than outside so you're essentially pushing it in the direction that the carbon fiber gets stronger the way you would if you were pulling on a rope if you have it where the pressure outside the carbon fiber is vastly greater than the inside you're instantly weakening it all those fibers are being pressed apart from each other. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And every time you took it down there, it was getting worse and worse and worse. So somebody, we don't know if this is real or not because it hasn't been confirmed by anyone, but it looks like somebody leaked the text message chat log between the surface ship and the sub. The timestamps match up. Uh, it's, it's the, they refer to, um, specific components of the sub in the chat that wouldn't have been public knowledge to anybody. So Mm -hmm. either somebody, uh, from the company, they could have faked it, but I don't know why anyone would, right? right? It's very specific to the actual timeline of what happens. It's very specific. And apparently they were descending quicker than they were supposed to. And the service vehicle even said, uh, do you think you need to slow down? You're descending, you know, faster than you should be. Now, that may have had nothing to do with it. It may have had something to do with it. I don't know. Um, but after, at about 20 minutes before it imploded, they knew they had a problem, according to these chat logs. And they dropped their ballast and, you know, the weights that are designed to pull them yeah, down. That, they, that, they, they dropped they those. Shoot up to the surface in theory. But they didn't, they didn't shoot up to the surface. They weren't ascending. And so they dropped the landing gear, which we saw in photos was totally undamaged, which would indicate which, that it right. was jettisoned before it imploded. Um, 
and then they were starting to rise, but after only after something like you know five minutes, they'd only gone up you know a, a couple dozen meters, which was like they had they. So it sounds like they were taking on water in the the rear cone, which isn't pressurized, where all the all the other you know their uh, air tanks are, all this all the stuff that's part of the thing. It's not inside the pressure vessel where the people are, um, and they said they kept saying they were hearing banging. You know, indicating that the hull was starting to fail, and then they said that there was a at a certain point they said all sensors red, meaning oh. you know on their control board that all the twenty sensors in the hull that say there's a problem were going off at the same time, uh, and then they started not responding to texts from uh, from the surface, and then they were only replying with like single word answers. <laughs> right, like they're <laughs> like they don't have time to fucking reply because they're in panic mode. <laughs> right. Uh, again, the toilet, the panic, the view of the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) So it was about 19 minutes after they knew they had a problem that it imploded. And then they just stopped replying. Why? What? Why? 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 Because they were were fucking pink dust, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. So, and I'm sure that everyone in that sub, except for Stockton Rush, uh, was in panic mode and he was telling them, oh, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. I've done this, you know, and, and he's, you know, thinking to himself, the fucking Tiger King thing. I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's literally the fucking, the scene from, um, what was that fucking, the, 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 the Leo DiCaprio movie, Don't Look Up, where the guy's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. As the asteroids <laughs> right. are like colliding into the fucking thing. And he takes control of like the little No, I mean, the cr- we'll lose the craft, but it'll be a tax write off. <laughs> right, right. It's it just, it's just these people are so delusional that you, you know, it, it's, yeah, and there's no way that if he was bullying people into paying 250K, uh, to write on this thing that he was telling them, you know, the, the facts about carbon fiber and telling them he had fired a safety expert for bringing up all these concerns. There's no way he's telling people this. No, no. Right. And and for that reason alone, I mean, obviously you can't sue him because he's fucking he's sludge now. Um, but there's other investors and partners in this company that are absolutely going to get sued. Right. You know, it's it's going to be like, what did these people know? You know, and I'm sure the investors are going to try to sue, too, and say, well, he didn't tell us that and we invested money. Right. So there's going to be just a fucking shit ton of lawsuits going forward. This is going to be like my favorite story for a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and I uh, have one little bit here because um, people do funny things in rural America. And one of the one of the things that they do is buy franchises. Right. Subway as a company does almost nothing other than just like train people to be franchise owners. They don't own any of their stores, right? They're all independently owned. And I know this because I worked for Subway. I worked for a Subway when I was a teenager. I was effectively the manager. I had a key to the store. I had to do deposits and everything. Um, and somebody <laughs> somebody who owns a Subway out on the fucking, you know, on the, the rural prairie of whatever, uh, put a little, put a, put up on their sign, you know, you can put letters up on your sign and say, you know, what your offer is, your McRib is back, you know, whatever. Uh, and see, this, this had to be the owner. It couldn't have just been a regular employee because I don't think a regular employee would, you know, risk their job and go up there and just put up anything. Right. But the sign said, our subs don't implode. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Fucking hilarious. Uh, um, but of course it was in the news, uh, as like, you know, we, we have to, you know, finger wag at this shit too. This is just from Yahoo News, I think. Subway faces backlash over distasteful sign referring to the Titan implosion. <laughs> hey, you know what was distasteful when you guys had a pedophile doing your advertisements for like 10 Seriously. years? Seriously. This is not even like the fifth worst thing that's happened to your company. Well, so like, let's And, and this, this came to light because some fucking dipshit on Facebook posted pictures of it and it went like slightly viral. And I went to his page. I looked the guy up. His name's uh, Timothy Mock. Muck, M-A-U-C-K. And he's he's decided he's like a little local celebrity now because the 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 he's posted articles about this with his picture on there at least two dozen times in the last three days. (laughs) (laughs) Uh so one of them he said the first one, I scrolled all the way down his page. The first one, he says, let's go, double exclamation mark. 
someone is in some shit now, double exclamation, double exclamation mark again. I knew it would go viral soon as I snapped the photo. That's exactly the verbatim words. Not as, yeah, anyway. So it's, it's just, it's like, I don't know why it's bad to make fun of like rich people getting squashed to death by their own hubris and the crushing weight of the ocean. But apparently somebody with a sense of humor uh, and owns a subway franchise uh, got in trouble. And the whole article, I'm not going to read any more of the article, but the article is just like quoting random people on Facebook about their fake outrage over it. Like, oh, this is so distasteful. It's like they were fucking billionaires. This is one of the most universally funny things that's ever happened in American history. Like, (laughs) To be on the wrong side of this is really telling about like just how little you interact with real people because... I mean, this this or, is objectively or, funny. Or they're real people who wish they were billionaires. So sure, they're like, sure. oh, they're they're the heroes. They're here. They were like firefighters. <laughs> right, really, if you right. think about it. Right. Rich, uh, they're rich explorers. Disaster tourists that you know d- didn't do any research and spent a obscene amount of money that we'll never see in our lives, uh, and then blew up in the funniest way possible. Yeah, no, definitely yeah. heroes that we need in society right now. So this this little nugget of fun, uh, music fun, we're <laughs> going to play out the episode um, after we do our little uh, our station ID. But uh, somebody sent us a, a little clip uh, of a song that somebody made. And I was like, this is too good to not be a full song. Where's the full song? So right. I found it on YouTube in about a minute. Somebody wrote a song from the point of view of the Blink-182 Subway Stepson. <laughs> and listen to the lyrics of it very carefully because it's fucking hilarious. It yeah. even like it opens up with like mocking him for like sexually harassing this woman DJ on Twitter, apparently. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'd <laughs> it in, it includes EDM everybody. Festivals. Yeah. I haven't even like listened to uh, like paid attention to all the lyrics yet. So I this again, it, we just got this just before the show. Yeah. And I was saying to you before we went on air, it's, it, the, the actual music itself is an amazing facsimile of like a very specific like mid 2000s era blink 182 like it it's 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 amazing the level of, of detail put it and you know care put into the uh oh yeah this, and, this and parody the, sound alike the fact they crank this out so quickly uh tells me they are a huge fan of weird al yeah yep yep no um, very, very much and in, in, they in did a the great vein. job this the, the track itself is a fucking banger i love it yeah I, i'm gonna <laughs> probably download it and put it on my fucking Your bike playlist, playlist. right no, yeah. great, great. One of the great modern leftist anthems, uh, I, I have to say. Uh, in, a, in a in a time where those are exceedingly thin, uh, it's always good to get a new one to yeah. add to the playlist. So, so yeah, the, uh, if you want to find this, if you want to find the track, oh yeah, on, we should give them a plug. Yeah, if you want to find the the track on YouTube, um, it's my dumb stepdad, and then in parentheses <laughs> it says submarine, and then there's a little graphic. <laughs> it's like a cartoon graphic, and it says. It has a little picture of the the Titanic and a little cartoon sub, and it says "Sink 182" all above it. <laughs> so, yeah. go find that if you want oh, to. Oh man, fucking great! All right, uh, yeah. So that does it for us this week. Uh, if you want to support the show, follow us on uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash/MoveLeft, uh, Facebook.com/slash/MoveLeftIdiots, Patreon.com/slash/MoveLeft. Uh, uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. I guess we're having technical difficulties. He's on Twitter at Bike Slutty. We'll see you next week.
Don't go out alone, just in a show.